0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Fasig. This podcast is brought to you by PaleoWorks. It's locally owned Mill Prep Kitchen with a passion for paleo. They make it easy for people to have the nutrition they need when they need it. They deliver weekly menus of heat and heat paleo meals, athlete recovery meals, and bulk macro items, for those of you counting macros, as well as a variety of side items that can be added to your order. Their meals feature 100% grass-fed, all-natural and hormone-free chicken, beef, and pork. They have pickup locations all over the place to make it easy for you to pick up your meals, and they also have delivery options around Nashville area for a small fee. Paleo Works wants to make nutrition the easiest part of your day. This podcast is brought to you by NutriShop Franklin. Go on by Shop Franklin for all your personal needs. You need supplements? They got it. You need your protein? They got it. You need to pick me up? You need to drink a bang? They got it. So go check them out in Franklin in the Cool Springs area. When you stop in and you see Kyle, say, hey, Jacob said you got some good stuff here. I'll tell you, you won't be disappointed because they have unrivaled customer service. So go check them out and tell them you heard about them on the Barbell Booty Podcast. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Barbell Voodoo podcast. Go check out the uh, website at barbell-voodoo.com for all your awesome apparel needs and also check out Barbell Voodoo Private Label. We just want to be a part of anything you're doing and anything you need printed. That's the place to have it done. In the meantime, enjoy the podcast. All right. Uh, so welcome to another episode of the Barbell Voodoo podcast. Um, we're sitting down today for number 100 triple digits podcast so excited about that Um, but we are sitting down with barbells for bullies and believe it or not that is not their actual names it's not a company named after themselves um but so we'll we'll talk about this in a minute but we're going to do this really big event it was going to be awesome and exciting and then um uh, there were some things that happened in our world that made it not happen. So, uh, so Alex, uh, who who we have today? Who 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 are you guys? Tell me about your your two selves.
1: Okay, well, I'm Alex Castiglione, and this is my wife Lindsay. Hi. Um, we run Barbells for Bullies. We're the founders of it, and essentially, we are established in 2016. We're a 501c3 nonprofit, and we host CrossFit, weightlifting, powerlifting, and outside the box fitness events. All to raise money for various rescues and pit bull friendly organizations around the U.S. and we're entirely volunteer run, which means we don't take a paycheck, so all the money goes to the pups. And that's the quick uh,
0: elevator pitch on who we are and what we do. That's awesome. So our um, so Barbell Voodoo, the apparel company, um, mm-hmm. is is owned by Roy and, and Jeremy, but Roy is has two little pities that are uh the most precious dogs that are both rescues um that came from not 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 great circumstances before they met him and uh they are wonderful dogs um i think it's ella and bacon um, bacon is 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 the oldest one and um which i think is the greatest name ever for a bull of some kind like you know either a bulldog or or a, or a pit bull like you know they're so chunky and muscular like it looks like bacon um so anyways so uh alex and Lindsay. um so in 2006 when you guys kicked this off why why in the world would you do something like that why what's the big deal
1: uh well it was 2016 so believe it or not it oh like- i thought
0: you said 2006 yeah, no, was <laughs> i was like well. dang y'all been around a long
2: time <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so-, no, so, so 2016 uh well it,
1: it's kind of a dark place but we're gonna go to a we're gonna go to a happy place so i got involved in crossfit in 2012 uh my sister and brother-in-law were were really into it and they they brought me in i boxed i ran track in high school and just i was in college kind of fell away from the fitness thing but i immediately fell in love with their community their camaraderie and frankly the challenge of crossfit um in 2012 so then about a year later, I moved down to Atlanta. Lindsay and I were just dating at the at that point, and she took a chance on
2: you on me and, uh,
1: <laughs> and moved across the country with me. And I had my my first pit bull. His name was Chops, pit bull mix. And we'll get into it. There's no such thing as a pit bull later. It's 115 pounds of snuggle monster,
0: probably like a massive. Rating. What did you say his name was?
2: Chops. Chops.
0: Chops. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, perfect too. <laughs> the chupacabra.
1: Uh, so yeah, he uh, he made the trip down with us to Atlanta. I had him for about eight years. And then in 2014, just a freak thing. He got sick all of a sudden. He actually perforated his small intestine and was septic. So we spent thousands and thousands of dollars we didn't have trying to save him. He didn't make it. And I was just absolutely devastated. I mean, he was my buddy. He got me through you know, breakups and my father had multiple heart surgeries. He was just my dude, right? So I was just devastated. So the only solace I found was in the gym, just turning 90 minute sessions into three hour beatdowns. downs. Um, eventually, a month later, two months later, I looked at Lindsay and I'm like, I think it's time to go find another buddy, right? So we go to a local Atlanta shelter, DeKalb County Animal Services. And we went and looking for one dog. We left with two puppies, <laughs> Not recommended um, <laughs> because we can measure the damage they did in dollars like a hurricane. I'm talking iPhones, leather couches, oh my carpets, ate a whole carpet. My, yeah. uh, they ate a whole, uh, what else did they eat? They ate like three pairs of Innovates, Nanos,
3: everything. everything. I'd do it again now. We'd do it
1: again. <laughs> so back, yeah. again, we went to the shelter and I couldn't help but notice that every single Run was filled with pit bull type dog, pit bull type dog, bully breed mix, and the few shepherds or you know little fluffy dogs that they had were immediately adopted. So I was like, man, I didn't, I don't know about this. Like from the northeast, it's really I didn't think it was a huge problem. Come to find out, I did some research. Huge problem. Bully breeds are euthanized far more often than any other breed. There, there's breed specific legislation over 850 communities around the country. So I said to Lindsay, like in 2014, I gotta do something, thought about it. And then early 2016, I got the idea. Hey, why don't we do? Because we were are competitive CrossFit athletes, you know, doing local comps. It's like, hey, we spent a hundred bucks to just throw down and do these workouts that are insane. Why don't we do the same thing, but to raise money for local rescues? You know, it's a great way to to raise awareness and raise money. And then also we found that there is like the same thread where where, there's something about like CrossFitters and pit bulls that we've noticed where they kind of go hand in hand or people often judge CrossFitters as like these shirtless maniacs that are flipping tires and then people judge pit bulls. Like with chops, I'd walk down the street, people like pick up their kids and cross the street. Meanwhile, he would just... Uh, so we did our first event in 2016 had like 75 competitors on a shoestring budget uh it was so successful that we did another one five months later raised even more money i think our first year we raised like 70 grand or seven grand sorry next year we did uh seven events in six cities because it's a problem movie right people all over the country are yeah,
3: reaching out we, to us we had yeah. people we were just going to stay kind of relegated to Atlanta where we are and be like, Oh, well, we'll do this, this fun event every year, or if it stinks, we'll just do it this year. Um, And then uh, a couple reached out to us from Colorado and then somebody else from California. So then it started kind of shining this bigger light on, Oh, okay. This isn't just a problem in Atlanta. This is, this is a huge problem everywhere. And and everybody's kind of trying to kind of see the same things. Um, so let's just go where people want us to go if we can go there.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> is it and fortuitously or ironically, maybe, there's a lot of gym dogs or bully breeds, they're bully mixes. Um, that could be because they're overrepresented in shelters. And we could talk about what is a bully breed later. It's very complex. Um, but yeah, so we did seven seven events in six cities and or six events, seven events in six cities in twenty. <laughs> 17, then 2018, we did 12 events in 10 different cities. And then 2019, we started doing even more. We launched satellite competitions that were empowering local gyms to actually host an event. We take care of everything from programming to sponsors to scoring to taking care of the event day stuff. All they have to do is just have warm bodies, tape off some lanes, and count reps. Like we make it super simple because we want to instantiate our tagline of as many rescues as possible or a riff on AMRAP and the only way to do that is because we can't be in every place at all times we both work full-time so we can't we can't go everywhere and now in 2020 we had a bunch of events planned where this is probably a good segue to yeah (laughs) we were gonna do this 100th episode and like a nice fun charity workout in Nashville but two acts of God barred that from happening yes um yeah 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 Kind of brings us to date. We were fortunate enough. We expect we had people, we've done weightlifting competitions, USAW sanctioned meets, we've uh-huh. done events, and then we also teamed up with GoRuck last year for a proof of concept called Ruck Your Balls Off, where all the money goes to spay uter initiatives because that's kind of like it's a multifaceted issue, but that's really the way to stop dogs from entering the sh- shelter in the first place is by a neutering initiative yeah. specifically in underserved communities because something like 88% of dogs in impoverished areas aren't spayed or neutered. So, if yeah. they kill, that's a problem, yeah. And then also, something like 77% of those dogs have never seen a vet. So, after that event, we, we donated like 12 grand to various rescues and ended up spaying I forget the exact number, it's on our website. We ended up spaying or neutering like 80 dogs and then also providing veterinary care to a bunch in the Chicago area. Um, so that's, that's awesome. Thank you. Really, what we want to do is keep it local to the community. Like, we don't take the money and use it for our own ends. What we do is we'll do an event in Nashville and we'll donate it to a national rescue. For instance, like Nashville Pity, who we benefited in 2017, where Roy Roy's dogs came dogs. from. Yeah,
2: yeah,
1: and she's awesome. The one that runs that rescue. So yeah. we really want to kind of instantiate that. Change on the local level and really activate people and get them to become stakeholders. Because every event we've done, we'll have somebody that comes up to us and says, "Like, I didn't know this was a problem." Or we've done several events in Denver. And people will be like, "I didn't know that they were illegal in Denver." I'm like, "Yeah, if you have a pit bull in Denver, they'll confiscate it." Like, it's it's illegal. really yeah. yeah. If, if you get caught, yeah. like Denver's dead center, and there's two cities, Aurora and Arvada. If you're driving through Denver and they pull you over and a cop happens under the law, they can confiscate that dog.
3: Yeah, I don't know if they actually enforce yeah, it out know there, but it's...
1: Yeah. yeah. And it's like yeah. that in about 150 communities, like there's some shelters in rural Georgia, rural Georgia, I always mess up that that word, that um, they won't adopt, adopt out pimple-type dogs to the public. It's rescue only. So unless a rescue steps up, that dog is going to die in the shelter.
3: And the way you get a rescue to step up is by um, sponsoring that dog. So a lot of times... Local shelters will say, hey, this dog needs to get out, Um, $200 response will cover their vetting fees, Um, we need a rescue to pull. So what we'll do is, oh, we'll pledge barbells, we'll pledge that $200, and it kind of garners some interest uh, for that dog hopefully that they can
1: get pulled by a rescue yeah and that's why we established like our discretionary fund called the underdog fund because while we do all of these events all over the country and it's great it builds awareness builds community raises money we're constantly getting tagged on social media with dogs are like miami for instance same thing there's breed specific legislation where you can't own a pit bull in miami proper they'll 250 bucks 200 bucks will save that dog's life and just this year alone we've got and seven or eight dogs pulled from Miami just by saying two hundred bucks pledged. A rescue realizes that there's financial support, and they come in, they scoop that dog up, and then we end up saving their life. And yeah, that's been a that's been really, really, really cool to see. And I think to date we're at seventy-seven dogs that we've sponsored directly, in addition to helping thirty-three rescues. Like we've donated over a hundred thousand
0: dollars in three and a half years to them. Yeah, wow. So the you, you also had another thing that you did recently with um, AdMats, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. The
0: challenge. Like, yeah. I had a bunch of friends that did that.
3: Yes, it, that
1: was so cool. Uh, yeah, it was it was really, really cool. So, shout out to Dylan from AdMat, Awesome dude. He actually heard us on uh, John Wooley's Make Pods Great Again podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, I was really inspired by what you guys have to say. Like, how can I get involved? I used to have a pit bull, this, that, and the other thing. So, I was like, I got an idea. Why don't we... I want to raise awareness. I don't want this to be anything. We're not going to try and raise money because I think the biggest thing is to get people to care. That's really the, been the hardest thing is to get people to care about this. And most yeah. of it is just ignorance, not as a slight, but they yeah. just don't know If They don't know. So I was like, hey, why don't we do something like we're trying to accumulate 1.2 million sit-ups as a community. And he's like, you really think you can get people to do 1.2 million sit-ups? And what's the significance of that? I go, that's S. How many dogs are killed every year in shelters in the US? That's the human population of Dallas, Texas. That's a lot. Yeah. And over half of them, yeah. as high as a million, are pit bull type dogs. So we did this thing with AdMat, and it's amazing what you can get people to do. A, if they're CrossFitters and they have a challenge, <laughs> we're, all, we're all psychopaths and we want a good challenge. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, for a limited edition, can't buy it anywhere type thing. So, I'm pleased to say that at the end of the challenge, even with the pandemic sweeping through, we started on March 1. By March 31, we had 2,641 athletes um, and <laughs> 2.4 million sit-ups accumulated across like 270-something gyms. Like it was, I was floored by it. We, we um, were
3: floored. Like I just just seeing how people kind of jumped up and did exactly. What we thought they were gonna do, they they stood up for their community and for their it was just incredible. Yeah. It was like ugly crying yeah. at
2: the end of it.
3: They, <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: they definitely exceeded our expectations and they answered the call. Um, like when we did the recap video, I tried to put it as best I could, but it, it was just absolutely fantastic. And we had people that the gym was closed and they're at home. We had gyms that were <laughs> up specifically for this. We had people getting their kids involved. Um, people were just making it fun. Like we had one video, um, where somebody was doing sit-ups and their dog uh, with a chew toy and their dog was like pulling them up <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, Those and, only uh, count as half. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. I was waiting for somebody to be like, no rep, bro. Uh, yeah, that's right. But yeah, you know, we wanted to make it like no cost to enter, nothing. We just, just want fun. you to care. Just yeah. get involved, care, have fun, make it your own. We even said like, Hey, if you want to do GHG sit-ups, any ad movement will count. But, yeah, so one girl uh, that won, because it's the top, three and top, the top three men and women, we sent, like, custom ad mats in the top gym. Right. A gym in Colorado where they're all savages in Colorado. They're all, like, in good shape. 178,000 sit-ups in that one gym. Yeah. <laughs> and one girl, <laughs> one girl did 1,000 a day for, like, 26 days straight. 1,000 a, a day? 1,000 yeah. a day. And then I just, and she was tagging us on social media, and I was like, that's – I'm not going to count, but that time lapse, she was, you know, high speed doing sit ups mm-hmm. for, for a while. Uh, so, yeah, that was really cool. And we're, we're still working with Abmat on some cool integrations. But really, shout out to Dylan. He
0: was awesome. Yeah. And yeah. Helping. That's really cool. I have a friend, uh, Mandy Jones. She's she grooms um, Bella, my dog. But she, uh, she loves animals, um, which I guess is what, you know, groomers do. They love animals. And so, but she's adopted so many dogs, but she, uh, she started a thing where, um, she'll have like raffles, um, to, to raise money, to get for, for dogs and shelters and stuff like that, just, just for fun. And so a bunch of us will throw in money and try to get, um, to win that raffle for that week. It's probably illegal. and, And I don't know, but, um, but she you know a lot of stuff goes out, and she's always one that's pushing dogs that are on the cusp of being you know euthanized um of get this dog in anywhere around the southeast for us um but I can't imagine how many dogs that she's got adopted over the last like year when she started doing all this kind of stuff, but it's a pretty neat thing you know there's there's a special place for dogs in the world, and uh, <laughs> I don't understand people who don't uh don't yeah. don't relate to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, what's cool? I mean, and I could totally vibe with the saving the dogs in the death row because we're kind of don't talk about it, be about it. If you haven't gleaned that already, we've every dog we fostered was urgent list, going to be euthanized, and was it five. Kermit, I Baby Belle, Abby, <laughs> Libby, and then we have a senior that we took. Uh, she's from Cobb County Animal Control. Was listed as eight years old, probably ten or twelve. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no seriously. She um, yeah. Heart murmur, <laughs> memory mass, like all. She was just falling she apart. She
3: anemic. Her liver was shutting her down. Her liver was
1: shutting down. She was she shutting was down. Not eating. Yeah, she refused to eat. So we weren't ready to foster, but Lindsay showed me a picture, and I was like, <laughs> "I'm gonna go meet her. We're, we'll go." He go wasn't ready to foster.
2: <laughs> yeah, because <it, laughs> I was ready. Yeah,
1: so we went and uh, we met her and sweet i'm thinking this is gonna be a phosphorus case you know like yeah. she's got like three five seven months left we're gonna make the rest of her life the best of her life is our friend jason Flat from friends with forlorn likes to say but uh after some meds and some tlc she's a spunky little thing man she's right. she's yeah. jumping around the house and, and hanging goes out she
3: uh, goes to work with she me goes
1: to every work day. With her.
3: she's
1: like a fixture she's, yeah Oh, yeah. So yeah, if you're Ooh, listening t- yeah, if you're listening to this and you are thinking about fostering or getting involved, please do. It's incredibly rewarding. And if a rescue won't sponsor you, email us. We'll sponsor the food, the crate, whatever you need. Yeah, we'll
3: help. We'll, we'll take, help. Yeah, yeah, we'll help
1: out. Um, um, but usually it helps our rescues involved because that, like we said, there's some small shelters where you won't adopt to a citizen, but they'll adopt to a licensed rescue. I'm not sure what the legal ramifications or why that is. But yeah, just volunteer, adopt, foster, advocate, educate.
3: I was going to say, if you can't foster, not everybody's in a position where they can foster. Um, Go to the shelter, volunteer time. If you don't have time to do that, share on Facebook. I mean, it's as simple as a simple share. Uh, It takes ten seconds. Uh, So anything you're doing to kind of push the needle in that direction is is great. You do what you can do.
1: Yeah, and then it's just it's so fulfilling to see people that are that are involved, but then we're also getting people healthier in the process because we all know, you know, the, the problems that we have from a sedentary lifestyle or poor diet. So if we could solve a social ill like you know animal rescue with obesity or diabetes or anything like that, that's really hurting our country, we're all for it. But we've we've met so many awesome people. We've had over three thousand athletes compete. It's been great. Yeah. <laughs> that's
2: really awesome.
0: Rewarding, yeah so so tell me about um like pit bulls and stuff like I remember growing up um and there was like a thing about chows and and even like people would not and I remember um when I was trying to rent a place once it was like even in the thing like if you have dogs what kind of breed are they you know kind of checking but I I just remember things I actually grew up with a friend who had a chow huge massive purple tongue dog and um I mean, probably looking back, it was not as big as like, you know, like, a you know, English Mastiff, but I mean, it's, it was big, you know, it was big and probably, you know, 300% fur. Um, (laughs) And, and like, even that dog, like, I wasn't allowed to be with without like an adult around like, per them. Um, And and obviously, like pit bulls have also gotten that, um, you know, probably, you know, probably from, I would, I would assume um, the way that people... Uh, breed them when they're not supposed to, and, um, you know, kind of fight them and do all the things that that give them a bad name. Um, I remember growing up and like, I had a, a guy that owned owns a company here that does cranes and, and stuff like that. Um, he would have a couple of pit bulls, like in his um, place that he would let, out. it was his dog. So they'd stay with him all day. But then they would like roam the yard where they, they parked the cranes at night like in, 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 like protect the place. Like if anybody walked up there, like you just went away because it wasn't <laughs> worth it, you know, kind of thing. Um, but he, you know, and my dad was like, those are the sweetest dogs ever. Just don't do anything against, you know, the guy that owns the company, <laughs> you know? um, which is funny. Cause I've also learned that no matter who's screaming in the house, our dog comes after me. Like it could be me. Like sometimes like they'll, they'll play like they're going to hit me or something and I'll scream. Like, and, and the dog comes after me as if like I did. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I am your advocate here. <laughs> like, don't, don't worry about the girls. Come after me. I'm the one hurt right now.
2: <laughs>
0: um, So, so what's your, what's your experience like in terms of their image and kind of where all that kind of stems from? What, what have you guys learned about all that?
3: Um, well, I'm, I'm a pit bull convert. Yeah, so I can. Is that right? The point. Um, not that I thought they were evil or or whatever, but you know, I kind of grew up with we we had the the golden retriever in the backyard, and don't go around strange dogs, and that that looks like a dangerous dog because it happened to look like a pitbull type dog. Um, so just out of pure ignorance, um, I wouldn't have gotten that type of dog until I met Chops. Um, and it took him a while to warm up to me. I don't think he liked me very much at the beginning because I was coming in and stealing his, his friend. But I stole his, his side of the bed, basically. Yeah. I think yeah. that's what made him mad. I mean, yeah, much, yeah. Well, and be obedient, more obedient. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, after him, I'll I'll never have anything. But that breed of dog. I mean, he was just so loving and sweet. And ours now we've got two um, permanent fixtures, and then Miss Daisy, who's our our foster in air quotes, yeah. Um, and they're just they're sweet dogs. Um, and and I'm torn when I say you know they're misunderstood or they're mislabeled. Um, I think we're lumping them into this this pit bull category when we have to look, just like with people, at the individual. So this pit bull type dog might not be good with other dogs, might be aggressive towards people, might, I don't know. Um, But this other person over here might be the same instance. They can't deal with people or they are great with people. So we have to look at the individual. Um, But Alex did most of his research on that kind of thing. So
1: yeah um how much time you got (laughs) uh, like Lindsay alluded to I'm in graduate school and and a a lot of my research is kind of in this in this space I just got done writing a paper that talks about the co-opting of an American icon so pitbull first of all to set the table pitbull is just a blanket term there's no such thing as a pitbull There's the American Pitbull Terrier, American Staffordshire Terrier. uh, What's the Staffordshire Staffordshire Bull Terrier? Terrier. But there's no such thing as a pit bull. It's just a blanket term that we use to uh, describe. Interesting. Yeah, it's just a dog that looks a certain way. So stocky build, you know, square jaw, uh, maybe a blaze on the chest,
2: blocky head, blocky
1: head. Um, usually extremely muscular, and as far as their temperament, pretty stubborn but intelligent
0: and exceptionally loyal. They're always very loyal dogs. Mm -hmm now yeah the uh what is the anytime they put bull in the name um generally like at least what i remember going through like training and stuff with moan dog was that uh because we had we had a couple of bull um regardless of what kind it had the bull in the name and Mm -hmm. our and our trainer was like well you know you're just going to have a little bit more challenge in the training. doesn't say they're not smart they're just bull headed so like they're going to do what they want to do. That's where they get the name. And I was always like, I, all of a sudden I was like, what? Like that's, I never even knew that. That's incredible. That's why there's different ones across the whole things with, with different bull names, like terriers and whatnot. And I was like, ah, okay. Yeah, there's, there's
1: a couple reasons that it's it bull is in the name. And that's one of them. It, it's partially dealing with their temper, temperament, but to go back yeah. and read um, well, before we go there. Uh, talking about pit bulls where you can't you can't talk like you can't identify them Um, or like they'll be like oh that dog looks a certain way therefore it's a pit bull because it has this certain archetype these characteristics that make it look a certain way but there was a study recently done I think it was at the University of Arizona where they had a bunch of shelter workers so people that are really dog savvy look at pictures of dogs and then they DNA sequence those dogs none there was no inner of reliability nobody agreed on what was a pit bull and of the ones they identified as a pit bull only 41 percent had any bully breed dna in it whatsoever <laughs> so, yeah and like we're always like you know we live in a society where we don't condone racism we don't condone like judging people for the way they look we're doing the same thing with these dogs and we're their stewards and all the bad rats they got like you know their affiliations with gangs and the drug trade and, and the war on drugs from like 1987 you could trace this back to it's all because of what we did to them so if we look at historically you know they were an American icon you could find paintings and recruitment posters there's ones from World War I and World War II where like a pit bull represents America and then there's like a dachshund for Germany and a bulldog for, for England they were like people were doing uh, suing people for the use of a pit bull in their logo in the 20s and 30s they were America's dog. Teddy Roosevelt had one. Helen Keller had one. Jack Dempsey, Jack Johnson. All these people had pit bulls. And then somewhere around the 70s or 80s, they were villainized and they became like, you know, this murderous hellhound. And that's yeah. not. And the <laughs> one thing I was going to say about bull, the reason that they call it a pit bull or a pit bulldog was unfortunately they used them for bull baiting back in the day where they would literally put a bull in a pit and then a bunch of dogs and they would bet on. How long the dog would how many dogs would take to drop the bull how many the bull would kill it was a blood sport in the late 1800s in, in the New York area like, gangs of new New York era that yeah that happened. yeah sorry everybody um, but yeah. Whoa,
0: man that sounds crazy uh, research but at the end of the day they're individuals
1: and they're exceptionally loyal but like Lindsay said as long as we acknowledge your individuality and also the, like you said their temperament if you don't have the ability to discipline or control a large animal don't get it like there's sure. plenty of other dogs you can get and you have to get something that suits your lifestyle that being said like a slater he's 75 pounds huge wuss he's one of our dogs huge <laughs> wuss. 75 pounds looks intimidating like won't go outside in the rain <laughs> yeah <laughs> not a mean dog not a mean bone in his body like when we yeah. got a house.
3: He
2: uh, just is so
1: beta. <laughs> our twelve-year-old our dog is below, is above him on the hierarchy. Like he's at the bottom of the totem pole, but he's the strongest and biggest. That's weird.
3: Uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> there's yeah, it's it's a complicated it's history, a very complicated. History. But it's just about education, and also to uh, Lindsay, I think was making this point a bit people just educating people and you even said this educating people and their children like can i pet your dog don't walk up to a dog and face mush them. if it's a
0: like children should never be left alone with a dog you know never. ever um, because so most of, sorry the, the uh so i i'm the worst at that like following those rules like the absolute worst like we're I, it was my wife and i we were on the green lane we didn't have our dog with us um we were just we just out walking and um and there was this dog, had tags on collar, um, just trotting around, you know, just looking. I mean, just kind of almost like it was looking for somebody, or or I don't know. And so I was like, Oh, maybe it's lost, or maybe it just got ahead of their owners or fell behind. I don't I don't know. So like I should immediately go up and start like, you know, extending my hands to pet the thing. <laughs> like, and so I'm sitting there rubbing the dog and I was like, Oh, wait a minute. I probably should have been a little smarter in approaching this dog, you know, <laughs> and yeah. and I wasn't. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, we'll just check because it loops around and we'll come right back. It is, it's still here. Then we'll, we'll see if the owners um, have, are looking for it or whatever, but it wasn't there when we got back. So I assumed it, it found its way back, but it was this beautiful, like kind of blue healer kind of looking dog.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It was pretty, you yeah. um, know, older, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm the worst. So one of the things that, like, one of the worst times in my life, probably the worst experience, not the worst. I'm not going to be like, super dramatic about it but it was one of the worst ever things that i've had to do in my life like so i have two girls um and we had um shelter dogs like we had adopted dogs that we had before them um and the the oldest one which was like my dog the other one got adopted while i was out of town and i came back home and we had two dogs all of a sudden
2: (laughs) And then that one had
0: worms in my bed and I was super pissed at that dog, but she was, she, she turns out like super sweet. Um, And and they're like kind of small, medium sized dogs, like not huge dogs. And um, so anyways, so we had those for, for a while. Well, um, the older one just like gave the kids their space, you know, just like, whatever, like they're in my house, but obviously they're more important than me. So like, whatever. And so, um he was kind of a well he just called him a grumpy old man like he was just like you know like whatever yeah. just just leave him alone um but the other one was really sweet and always wanted to be around him and so something happened and um colorado was the name of the dog the first one was named denver when we adopted him and so like i was like oh we'll call the second one colorado because then i could just scream out like denver colorado come here like it, I just <laughs> thought be funny. um and it was every time i did it um so, anyway, so something happened with our our youngest um I don't even remember how old she was. she may have been two or three or something um something happened um I'm sure that she put a finger somewhere or something you know I mean who knows, and the dog like bit her like right there, and she's got like had to get stitches and stuff um but like we couldn't find anybody to take the dog that wasn't around kids um and so, you know, we we know what happens when that that happens, and we can't keep keep the dog around. So I had to take the dog to the shelter to get, you know, put down because, it, you know, it was the worst thing that I've ever done in my life. You know, almost. You know, like I haven't killed anybody, but but I pretty much had to kill that dog. Like that's that's a terrible thing. And um, but yeah, I mean, just we we thought we could trust. The dogs it you know it wasn't like this was super new but something clearly had happened and she reacted and mm-hmm. um it wasn't like she attacked her even it was obviously like a one thing um but it was it was it was terrible and, and so you know it's always warning people um just you know just be careful like the, you know um especially new parents who have dogs um like I have a friend that just had a baby this last week and I was like just like I know you love your dogs like maybe more than your child at this point as a male because it it takes you a good while to love your kids the same way because they don't grow inside you like it's a different thing like I you know I'm not (laughs) I'm not being weird here but like um but just you know just be careful with them like yeah Cause we all react sometimes and our reactions aren't sometimes the way that we want to <laughs> react. Yeah. yeah when you get mad. You don't, you don't bite.
3: I hope you don't bite your children. <laughs> well, there's, yeah. yeah it's, same thing.
1: it's complicated. Cause like there's, there's a complexity to aggression. Um, mm-hmm. If anybody out there is kind of a geek like me, I once to Conrad Lorenz has this fantastic book called on aggression. And it goes into the complexity of it where dogs, they don't they don't have hands, they don't have much, they only have, you know, a mouth. So mm-hmm. there's eight different types of aggression. So that's why to your point, anybody that has children were like, don't anthropomorphize your dog. I know they sleep in your bed like a child, but it's still an animal. <laughs> they need Yeah, in that space in that respect. Um, but yeah, and I mean, but to every story like that, there's a counterpoint where like, like our friends, Zach and Brittany, and outside of Colorado, shout out to Zach and Brittany. They have a dog, <laughs> uh, Rocky, that's reactive. Like, he's not a bad dog at all. They got him when he was like five. He probably was abused or came from some really so, horrible circumstances. Okay. And they warned us, and, you know, obviously we're pit bull people. When we went over their house, so like, he's going to have a muzzle on. Don't freak out. But if you, just as a precaution, because, but if he sits at your feet, you're going to as soon as we walk in, plopped at our feet. Our buddy, they have a one and a half-year-old son and they like snuggle together. They're great, but they're both like extremely vigilant and it like mm-hmm. very well owners.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because all it takes, like and like you said
3: one second. that
1: one time, and we wanted to actually develop some content to put on our social media for free. That was like a can I pet your dog type segment of like do's and don'ts. And then also me relating it to human interaction, like you wouldn't go up, like Lindsay wouldn't say hi to me by face mushing me. That's
0: what you're doing when like you walk up to a dog and rub their face. And she doesn't child. do that. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, as dog asks
2: for it. Is that, is
0: that weird? Because that happens all the time in our house. Is that? It's <laughs> <laughs> not how you greet people.
3: Hmm. We, just, we generally sniff their butts. We generally. Gotta
0: know where they've been. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, no, I'm so sorry that
1: happened to you. Though. That, yeah, that's
0: that's got to be rough. And I'm glad
3: now. your daughter's okay. Yeah,
0: that's. I mean. Yeah, well, you know, and it. This was this was years. I only mean, have a dog now, and it was because of this dog that really rehabbed her back into, um, like wanting to be around animals again. Like she would not go near animals of any kind, um, even mascots. Like, <laughs> strangely <laughs> enough, um, anything looked like an animal. Like, so she like even when we went and picked up our dog that we have now, which it was this big when we got her, like, I mean, it was like eight weeks old puppy. And um, she was in the car. It was, it was my birthday present. And I was like, it's been years. Like, can we please get another dog now? And like, she's like in the car looking over the window and like the dog comes up to like maybe her knee, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, there's a tiny dog, like, and she is a larger human than the dog. And she was scared to death of that thing. And it, uh it nursed her back into, um, enjoying dogs and you know it, it was a big rehabilitation process that uh would not have happened if it wasn't for our, our current dog for sure yeah. oh,
2: good. Well, good, good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah
3: that's great to hear
0: yeah i mean
1: it's
3: i mean and it happens to the best of people it's not you know it it happens to longtime dog owners and, and new dog owners and you mm. can new- Dog for forty dogs for you know decades and then all of a sudden one day you learn something
1: new um i do have to say though like ever since we started fostering and we really got into like the pit bull rescue scene we've gotten so much more dog savvy where there's very you'll learn like there's no there's no unpro- there's very rarely an unprovoked attack from any dog like warning signs sure you yeah. recognize them you can get out in front of them uh but yeah i mean the the fights if if two dogs get in a fight it can be vicious especially bully type breeds where they just don't have quit in them they're stubborn yeah anything you read about like oh throw water on them lift up their back legs, it doesn't work like I, I, (laughs) I i broke up a dog fight between our first foster and our two dogs and it was it was bad like i threw a comfort on them i had to physically wrestle them apart um yeah like and they just the foster attacked our dog bit his face he just gave up our other dog got involved and i'm like there's three dogs fighting in our bedroom i have to stop this oh geez they yeah broke it up and then it's so funny like uh, two days later their best they're friends. best friends and snuggling
2: yeah it
1: was because there yeah. was a bone on the bed that nobody saw like so it's just little things like that and in hindsight we're like we're so stupid we should have never had toys in the same area we should have never had them in this proximity for resources so that's actually something we want to develop mm. out there for free is that information. Cause it's yeah. like 2020. Right. It's we'll look back like we were so stupid when we got our first foster, we didn't do this or that. And now like our dogs choose our foster for the most part, like we'll go and meet them. And there's some dogs that just, they they're right in the pack. They're buddies. There's other ones where like hackles are up, attack posture. I'm like Nope, nope not going to work. Take them back inside. Yeah. Like, nah. yeah. This is not going to work. Um, yeah, so it's just going into it both eyes open, consulting a trainer, working with rescues. A lot of rescues have great resources that will kind of guide you through that process of how to integrate a dog. And if anybody's listening and thinking about it, there's a three-three-three rule, which is takes them about three days to decompress a little bit like so you should probably separate that dog from the pack three weeks um for them to kind of come out of their shell and then they're gonna start testing their boundaries and then by about three months they're going to be fully integrated Will the yeah. you'll be like you'll, you'll see, who they see who they are because you know they're scared they were in this cra- if they're from a shelter they're in this crazy loud environment that smells like excrement and like there's just people coming and going and a hundred dogs to a quiet house i mean yeah that- it's kind of like the inverse of getting abducted by an alien by human standards. You know, like you're walking along, hunky dory, next thing you know, you're in like a cell. It'd be a it be yeah. a little disconcerting and crazy. So if you're listening three, 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 if you're isolated for three days, three weeks will start testing your boundaries. Do not let them get away with anything. <laughs> and then three months, that's gonna be the way they're gonna be in the pack. And they again, they're they're animals. They're gonna have a pecking order. And we have to respect yeah. like
0: we have our own pecking orders. We just don't bite each other. I hope. Sometimes I bite my dog when we wrestle. Does that count? <laughs> I used to do the yeah. same thing with Chops. He's
1: 115 yeah. pounds. I'd like bite him on the neck if we were wrestling. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Bella is 75 pounds, and we wrestle a lot. And I mean, she's she's has the softest mouth of any dog I've ever met. And Like the only time I've ever gotten anything is when I accidentally hit her in the teeth. Like oh. the other night we were playing with a rope, and like I just came up and like my knuckle caught like her tooth. I was like, oh my
2: gosh. <laughs> like, just like,
0: what? Throw it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: she just says just like me mugging you. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. She's like, what what's wrong with you, stupid? Throw throw the rope. I'll go get it. We'll bring it right back and we'll tug a war. It'll be awesome. But but yeah, the uh <laughs> two nuts just bite her when she's like arr, arr, and I'm like <laughs> Not hard, but it's for fun. Yeah, yeah. And I regret it because I'm like, oh.
2: yeah,
0: yeah, it's been out yeah.
2: first.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Enjoyable. Um, that's awesome though. I mean, that's a lot of good, good information though, that, you know, would have, would, would be great to have, uh, <laughs> you know, for, for anybody looking, looking towards dog and that's on your website. You have, or you haven't developed that.
1: We're working on developing working. it. The plan was to do it this like last quarter and first quarter, but with COVID hitting,
0: we, uh, yeah,
3: a
1: little scrambling yeah we we had to scramble like the idea was to go talk to a behaviorist and and show them like do's and don'ts and have it on easily shareable content for free on our website or talk to a veterinarian about spay neuter and how like if you neuter your dog you're not taking his manhood you're actually preventing types of cancer making them more adjusted preventing aggression they're not going to break out like just providing those resources from credible sources for people that They can go and find it easily and accessibly because then you can avoid you know bad situations or people getting into situations and just what i said before like don't approach a dog you don't know ironically we've had four or five dogs just show up at our house it's like they know we're dog people (laughs) we're like i was on the i was on the phone with somebody from a a organization in denver that's trying to overturn breed specific legislation bsl in denver Mm -hmm. I gotta go. A white pit bull just walked up to my garage. <laughs> where he's from, so yeah. he took him to shelter. And it turns out he was a frequent flyer. Where um, he broke out all the time. So he's
3: a runner and a skateboarder. Yeah. So he's home again.
1: Please keep a collar on your dog. chip ship them for now. Yeah. <laughs>
3: that's how we are. That's how they found
1: him. find the yeah, So Yes. Okay. So, yeah, that's yeah. pit bulls. I mean, I could talk for hours and we don't have that yeah. time. We're not going <laughs> to Joe Rogan this, but there's it's so complicated how mm-hmm. pit bulls became pit bulls and mm. and just the dynamics. And it's just interesting that you have people like us that are super advocates and other people that are out of the know. And there's like this distinct yeah. the mm-hmm. Um, But I think it was John from, from Make Wads Great who got pointed out like there is a correlation between like most gyms have pit bulls in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just something where, like, a lot of people don't understand crossfitters. Meanwhile, like, it's such an amazing community, and there's so many loving people in that fitness community. And pitbulls, I think there's a parallel there, and I can't quite articulate it right now. Where pitbulls are the same way, where they look intimidating, they look scary, but they're the some of the nicest dogs
0: you'll ever <laughs> meet once they get to know you, or once you get to know them. Isn't that a isn't that a pit in uh, Westside Barbell logo?
1: Yeah, yes,
0: yeah, it is. Yeah, hey, pit. I guess I gotta do this now when I say pit bull. I stopped <laughs> doing that. Like, the air quotes,
1: the paper I wrote, like qu- I use quotes, and then I put, like, I'm not gonna quote this anymore. Let's just yeah. say, it's not a real thing, like it's yeah, it, um, but yeah, they're they're everywhere, man. There are uh, there's millions and millions of them, and we got work to do. That's kind of yeah. where we're coming from, but to, for that, sure. We help all types of dogs. If like somebody reaches out and is like, "Oh, I need this help for the shepherd," I'm like, "Too bad, not a pit bull." I'm like,
2: not "All right, right.
1: cool. Uh, <laughs> I pledge two hundred bucks to a rescuer. Like, let me see what I can do for you." Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, we're barbells for bullies and nothing else because bully breeds need our help, and we want to shine a light on their plight. That's really why we're we're named barbells for bullies because I want people to be like, "Well, why why bullies? Because there's issue. And these are the issues, man. We're talking about now, and I would love it if five years from now I had to rebrand because it's not a thing where nobody's, you know, there's no legislation saying you can't own this dog because it looks scary.
0: Yeah, that's wild. There's a lot of, uh, like, yeah, I yeah, you think about like human rights a lot. I mean, we got a lot of that going on right now, and um, but this is basically a quasi breed, let's say. That is all about um, making a decision on the way a dog looks
2: mm-hmm. like we,
0: we wouldn't, we wouldn't do that as, as humans now. Like we wouldn't just start that there. They're, we're trying to work on that. And that's been a part of our DNA for a very long time. And we all have racial tendencies where we, whether we want to admit it or not, but it's just the way we are all brought up and we have those. And, and I'm not saying that because it you know, it's good I'm just saying that um that's part of who we are but we wouldn't all of a sudden go you know we're going to start a new category of people based on the way they look and we're going to call them uh, I don't know like let's do like uh trash dump bullies
2: <laughs>
0: like, oh, God. so like who gets to decide that? Well, I think we're gonna decide that. And we'll base. here's the general look of somebody. Uh they have a really short haircut, probably. Um, they have flared nostrils, they, they look kind of muscular, they always are mean mugging. Um, those people are now uh trash pit bullies. That we're gonna, anybody looks like that. We'll go to the jails, we'll label them, it'll be fine, you know. Um no no one's gonna like no one would stand for that, you know. And yet we have this whole thing of, of a, of a dog race, you know, like, cause it's not even like what the dog is, you know, biologically, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, something, the way something looks. Um, that's just so crazy. I I, I didn't know that history. Um, and it's, it's working on my brain right now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh,
3: the book, the book you read.
1: Oh, it's a uh, Pitbull, I... an American icon by Bronwyn Dickey. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> Lindsay hates it, but I underline everything I read and write notes in the margin. The book is bleep. Like, it's got it's got tons of stuff all over it. And it goes over the very complicated history. And then there's another one uh, that I'm reading now called uh, Pitbull Placebo. And it talks about how the media has framed our... Everybody's like, oh, blame the media. But it's true. Like, part of my, my work in graduate school is I actually looked up how many news articles had dog and attack and then how many news articles had pitbull and attack and around the late 80s the word pit bull and dog attack always co-appeared but they never mentioned breed for anything else so like there's tons of research for like, like the more you see something that's i, I I'm forgetting the name one of my professors is probably screaming but basically you'll make a you'll make a judgment about the world based on things you've seen where you kind of extrapolate everything based on media representations and that's kind of what the case has been made about pit bulls where we always show them that are, they co-appear with like the drug trade. So they're automatically bad dogs. And to your point, I've made that point to people about like, you know, we don't condone racism and the civil, like civil rights movement was a good thing. And Jim Crow was horrible. We're not going to, we're not going to base, make judgments based on anybody's looks, skin color, creed, color, religion, anything like that. We're doing that exact same thing to pit bulls and quotes mm-hmm. because there's no such thing as a pit bull. I mean, there's a, I don't even know who started, but it's blame deeds, not breeds. So judge a dog with action, <laughs> not on the sure. way. And yeah, I mean, you know, most people that are, that are gym rats or quote unquote meatheads, some of the nicest people I've ever met in, in, in my life. But if you saw them in a dark hour, you'd probably turn around because you're like, nope, not today. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. most of the guys that I've met and interacted with at, at Strongman stuff um, are the same way. Like they yeah. are scary as hell. Like there, there are men, I mean, I'm six, five and, and like, and, and not trim. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a large human. Okay. And like, <laughs> there are guys that will dwarf me
2: yeah.
0: at these competitions. Like i walk by and I'm like, what was that that just walked by? Like, I, I can't be human, you know? And, like but, but <laughs> and, yeah, it's a huge teddy bear. Guys, yeah, <laughs> bear and he's like but the first on the planet. <laughs> uh-huh. But any of them would stop and like help you and do anything for you and and have a conversation and you know help critique whatever you're doing to make you better. Like it's it's all kind of like that. Very different in powerlifting. But but in in strongman it's it's a it's like crossfit um except with thinking huge humans. Um but <laughs> but yeah, well let's uh let's take a little break um real quick get some water um maybe i'll stop sweating and uh well oh all right, that's maybe that's just me all right we'll take just a quick break what's up guys are you tired of spending more time in your business than on your business are you uh, unclear about the next step to take to grow your business maybe you haven't even started yet Is it hard for you to, I don't know, come up with a vision and cast it uh, with your staff? Well, I wrote this book to help you figure those things out. A Failure's Guide to Business Success. I take you through my story of starting a gym on food stamps unemployment, to doing over $2 million in business over the course of my 12 year career. I put all that in here. It's a step-by-step guide just for you and if you click all the way through, not only will you get the book, but you'll see some extra bonuses that we have for you at the end. Grab the book. I'm excited for you to have it. So go check out that book at a failure's guide to business success dot com. And uh, so barbells for bullies. Uh, Alex and Lindsay still here. Uh, What is going on that, you know, next? Like, what can we be a part of? What do we have to look forward to? What are the things in life that we can lay down everything we're doing and help this?
1: Cool. all right well uh you want me we take this Yeah, I guess. all right uh, first of all you don't have to lay down anything you're doing we want to create an experience for everybody and we've actually had people reach out to like, Man, this,
0: this is covid summer we have nothing else to do let's just be honest okay yeah. everything's been canceled
1: <laughs> uh, we've had people reach out like hey i want to donate i want to help out and I always tell them go volunteer Donate to a local rescue. We want to provide an experience, a resource, and a community for you. If you want to donate, I'm not going to say no, but, you know, like, just register for an event. We want to give you something in return. We want to give you an experience. Mm-hmm. That being said, uh, we, we have rep, which probably, we'll, t- we'll talk about that, but representative we're doing now currently. Um, it might be over by the time this comes out, but all good. Um, what SITREP is, is it's our co-branded initiative with another organization called VetWOg. And what we're doing is where it's an online competition to raise money and awareness for organizations around the country that pull shelter dogs and train them up to be therapy or service dogs for veterans at no cost to the veteran. Um, so that's really cool. We did our first event in December 2019, raised like seven
0: grand. We're looking to double that this year. So is that, is that, are you doing that with in conjunction, like um, with street parking? Yes. That
1: yeah. yeah, so Miranda and Julian from Street Parking, they're, uh, they're programming it. Two workouts, we have a service division for, you know, first responders, law enforcement, EMS, military, RX, scales, and masters. And so all that money that we raise, that goes right to those organizations, because believe it or not, a lot of these organizations they that are pulling shelter dogs, and these are the ones we want to help, they're pulling dogs, obviously, from shelters that exhibit the behaviors that they need. I'm not sure exactly what they are because I'm not a trainer, but I would imagine like intelligence, trainability, prey drive, all of that. Other organizations, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, discounting them. They'll buy like a Belgian Malinois from a breeder for ten grand off the bat. So with training and boarding and all
0: of that, it's like thirty grand. These other organizations can raise up their. Those dog. those dogs that can climb trees.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. those
0: things are so sweet though like i'm not i'm not saying spin that but they're so cool man holy crap i've seen videos on those things i'm like what like i don't know that I, you need that for a service animal i mean maybe if you live in a tree maybe but like so freaking cool like
1: oh man one of my buddies uh rich graham he's a former teams guy he trains them up and he'll like show videos of them like walking across like basically a tightrope or like a yeah and they're going like one paw in front of the other, or like he'll fast rope with one of them like on a sling and they're just chilling. And I'm like, this is, how do you even, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, they're, so they're crazy. I'm pumped for that. That's gonna be a, that's huge for us because we really want to support both communities. And there is another tie in there. Um, again, not to be Debbie Downer, but report came out average of 20 veterans a day, uh, unfortunately commit suicide. And obviously there's a huge problem with pimples being euthanized. We just want to bring the causes together and help our men and women in uniform. Because clearly with CrossFit, we do these hero-wides. Murph happened like a month ago. Mm-hmm. We all get out there and we get after it to honor the fall. And so it, it, it's a synergy that makes sense. That's something we're super excited for.
0: Also- yeah, I had a buddy that gave me um, that pin. Uh, I think it's like 21 a day or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: an organization that he's a part of. He, he, he gave me a pin a couple of years ago that I leave on my vest. Mm-hmm. So that I know especially every Murph, when it comes around, I'm wearing a vest or, or whatever working out, like I'm always very cognizant of that those numbers of veteran suicide deaths every yeah. year. Yeah. I, day.
1: It's it's such a tragedy. And a new report came out where like it's the younger, younger men are more at risk. But then also there's I, I don't know the exact data points, but it's it's available online if you Google like CBC veteran report. Yeah. We help that any way we can because my whole purview and our whole purview with Barbells for Bow is kind of to leave it better than we found it. And if I could work with any organization, um, a lot of my research is on how nonprofits can be more effective. So if you're listening to this and you run a nonprofit, reach out to me. Happy to chat and get involved and kind of share notes on how you can activate your base and, and move the needle for your respective cause. Mm. Also. Speaking of veterans, another veteran-owned business is uh, Go Ruck. Everybody knows now because they sponsored the games two years ago. We've been working on this for a while. So we have another initiative called Ruck Your Balls Off. Nice yeah. Where that's going to be running July 1 to July 31.
0: And We did narrow squats yesterday in the gym, and I felt like I was doing that. But you're probably talking about something different.
1: What is up with close stance squats? They just hammer your quads.
0: Oh, I was talking about my balls, but you keep going.
1: No, I know you're talking about <laughs> like, in general. I tried to divert from that a little bit and get back on mission. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so Rutcher uh. um, also can be accomplished by close. <laughs> We're doing those. Um, it's called branded with GoRuck, and essentially, it's a way for us to raise money and awareness for spade neuter initiatives around the country. Because mm-hmm. not to drown everybody in stats, but one unaltered female dog—so this is just a female. Obviously, males can get multiple females pregnant. Not to have you know birds and the bees talk, but just one unaltered female in six years can her and her offspring can generate sixty thousand plus dogs. That's enough dogs to fill every seat in the Soldier Field. So. That's a lot, and that's just one dog. So, a way to stop, <laughs> yeah, a way to stop animals from entering the shelter in the first place is to spay and neuter them on the front end. So, what we're doing with this is our first iteration of this in November. We donated twelve thousand dollars to various organizations, and that stops dogs from escaping and getting spent, uh, you know getting. Unplanned I don't know if that's the right term. Uh, but co branded with Go Rock running 71 to 731. There's a peer to peer fundraising element to it as well. So if you want to get your gym involved, you, if you raise money, for instance, like if you raise 10 grand, you could win a concept two rower, a pair of 511 tactical vests, uh, two brute force sandbags, and a crossover symmetry. So we're incentivizing people to get involved. Uh, We're going to benefit various spay-neuter initiatives around the country. Again, it's co-branded with GORUCK, and there'll even be a uh, kind of a competition element where they can go to a uh, Map My Run, I think is the name of the app, by Under Armour, sign up for our club, and then track their miles. And whoever rucks the most miles, they'll get a GORUCK pack, uh, a pair of boots from Lalo Tactor, which are awesome. They're like $300 boots. Wow. stuff so we're just trying to figure out ways to get people active and again this extends past like the crossfit weightlifting community Mm -hmm. rocking is for everybody yeah i mean if if you can walk with a backpack you're good to go so we're excited about that and i just love the go rock brand and and everything they're doing so we're pumped for that and then we're going to continue to doing once covid is over On-site competitions where we personally host it called our official events, quote unquote, and then satellite events where if you want to host an event at your gym, reach out to us. We'll take care of all the heavy lifting, pun intended, set it up for you and you just have to have warm bodies to score and judge. Online competitions we're going to launch um, and we're still figuring out how we're going to set that up, but it's going to be in that as many rescues as possible vein where we're going to set up online competitions and then you could select a rescue in your state to benefit and then you can turn into like a Friday Night Lights type thing um And we're, we're super collaborative. Like, if a gym, we've had gyms reach out that want to do like a rowathon or like an Orange Theory sure. Fitness type thing that wants to organize something. Like, while we're CrossFitters and kind of in that space, if it's about creating a community that rallies around fitness and rescue, we're all about Let's it, man. It. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, COVID's kind of like everything else in the world is kind of up in the air, but we have a, uh, we have some plans and, and those are kind of in the, in the near future what we're doing there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I know that we definitely want to get you guys back into Nashville sometime since we didn't get to do that.
2: Want um,
0: yeah. We love <laughs> yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. So the food, all oh, the food. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we we're uh, that, that'll be definitely on the calendar at some point again, for sure. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to, do that I was I was super bummed about all that. I and mean, there's nothing you can do. You know, there's
3: I don't think I've ever been so pumped for an event.
0: Yeah. Really? <laughs>
3: I get like social anxiety. I don't want to t- you know I'm like, oh but I was like I want to do this. I was so-
1: yeah yeah. I'll have stress dreams <laughs> before an event because even if you think you have everything buttoned up, like I'll wake up in a cold. So, like, oh, of course she. okay, they're printed out. But, like, with this, it was going to be a fun charity workout. We were going to work out with people. Like, we were going to throw down with everybody and it was going to be yeah. a competition, but still a great way to meet people and get involved and raise awareness. Mm-hmm. And Rona, man, she just, yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. I was, uh, tornado, had, right? I had a bus going to come there that we could do a, a bus pull. Um, yeah, as like one of the like, see if you can, yeah. you know, like how far can you go? Um, so yeah, I was super pumped about that and having a, having a few strongman things to people to just try and see who got the best, you know, distance or whatever, depending on what it was. But but yeah, we're we're gonna have to do that again. I was I was super excited about that. <laughs>
1: um, well, if you could get like a junk, if we can find like a junker car for cheap, what I would like to do is like a car deadlift and just get like you know, the, the deadlift rig that you could drive the car onto, something mm-hmm. like that would be fun, because we've hosted, what, three strongman events, and it's so, it's so cool and so different from CrossFit um, or weightlifting. Oh my
3: god, mm-hmm. it's so fun to watch. Um, just your adrenaline. Yeah. yeah.
1: And just, like, how fast these guys can just do this insane amount of work in a truncated period of time, like 150-pound sandbag over the yoke like it's nothing, like a rag doll, and then pick up a stone and run with it. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is sauce man yeah but i'm like you know i'm 5'7 and 165 so like you're a foot tall. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's fun i i teach our strongman class uh our first class will be back this week um at my gym and so i'm super pumped about tomorrow morning um starting that again so
1: yeah keg well, toss even we were talking about that yeah
0: so cool i mean it's there. I've had arguments with my my friends who kind of like just will ask how things are going or whatever and, or ask how a competition went and things like that. And, um, we were talking about keg tosses and we're, we we meet every week. I have a group of guys. We, we meet every Monday night at a local, uh, pub house, like a, it's like a poor poor house, a craft beer place. They only serve beer. Um, they have a little food now so they can be open, but, um, and so we were talking about a keg toss and stuff. And and they're like, oh, man, I think that'd be, I don't think that'd be too difficult. And uh, so he went and like picked up one of the empty kegs and was like, oh, this isn't bad. Like, that. you know, what? what's the big deal? Like, I don't, I don't see about it. And I was like, dude, they're not empty.
2: <laughs>
0: like, they're, that weighs like, I think, you know, I think 40 or 50 pounds. Like, but the kegs aren't empty when they're throwing them. <laughs> like, there's stuff in there. And so like even my kegs here like i have i don't know six or eight of them at this point and uh but they're from empty to like up to 90 pounds or something like that
1: Um, you know even if they're empty i mean it's a cumbersome awkward object that you Uh have to explosively throw overhead like yeah it probably looks easy in practice not the same Mm -hmm. it's like oh no no that's like a muscle up if you see somebody that knows how to do them efficiently oh that can't be that hard then you jump on the (laughs) radio (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs>
3: <This isn't happening. laughs>
0: yeah it's 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 a whole whole different deal and it the numbers don't make sense if you've never felt them oh, yeah. Is, yeah. is what i found like like lifting up the back of a car like even you're just like ah, oh, you know i think maybe like probably do that um but then you're like oh that's it's equivalent of 800 pounds or you know it's, i don't know something like that like and you're like, oh, that's very different, you know, carrying a 700 pound yoke for somebody. You go, oh well, they, they looked like they were all right, and like don't 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 realize the spine compression and how that feels like coming out. But then like you go over there, and try and you're like, oh, that's different. That's that's not what I thought, you know. Like,
1: <laughs> well, that's why I love like World's Strongest Men. Now that they have the heart rate monitor on it when they're doing like the bus pull, and you're like, that dude's at uh, like 190. Like, that's not that's not good. Like that that's <laughs> a jacked heart rate he's just going so mm-hmm. that that i think that gives a lot of people a newfound respect for it but to your point yeah it's so funny when you see people that watch it on tv and you are like how hard could that be you're like lift that up that's a third of the weight
0: <laughs> yeah and it's <laughs> it's a that. super unhealthy sport like like don't get me wrong about like it's super un- like people you know sit there and drink six packs of beer on the competition floor while they're going like you know it's it's not, you know, you have, you have guys nowadays that, that are kind of changing that, you know, in a lot of ways in terms of their body types and what, what they're doing, but um, not a super, super healthy sport, but so much fun. Like, you know, so much fun and you can, you can do so much more than what people think they can do in like a CrossFit gym. You know, there's just different, it's a different thing, but. that's Really cool. Yeah.
1: You know, like, like uh, what is it? The, the stone that looks like Africa. Oh my God! The Houssefel. The Houssefel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hussafel stone. Yeah. The, like the, the tombstone that they carry. Like all the implements. Mm-hmm. Carries. It's just. It's super interesting. But it's yeah, dude. It's it's an interesting sport, and that's why like, when we were approached to do a strongman event, I was like, Hell yeah, we're doing a strongman. Yeah. Event. We, did, yeah. Uh, we did an at, uh, an Atlas stone to shoulder relay, and that mm-hmm. was intense. To watch it and it's so funny where some people that are like they look shredded and they look like you're like oh, people that are out of the know like oh he's gonna win it. it's like no nah, man he doesn't have like the technique or like just brute force to do it and then the mm-hmm. dude that the rugby player that won one of our events and this guy was just a savage he what was at 260 yeah, yeah. <laughs> 260 over his shoulder like it was nothing i was like okay mm-hmm. interesting
0: yeah it the the deficits, uh the turnover deficits are grip strength and uh general core strength. That's that's where that's where people fail a lot of times, um, moving from CrossFit into like strength sports.
1: I would think there would be like a cardio element that they're missing because that's exceptionally demanding on your cardiovascular system, like doing like long farmer carries or, or anything
0: like that. Yeah, I mean, but that comes down to core strength, like Got being it. able to keep keep your core tension in, in a way to uh, enable you to breathe, enable you to can stay, um, you know, uh, compressed as you're, as you're going. So, I mean, to, for me, it's those two things where the deficits come out though. Um, it's just, it, it, it's a different core strength than you would find um, doing toes to bar or GHD sit-ups or anything like that. Like it's a um, compression and staying there, staying there in that, in, in that tension.
1: Yeah, That makes a lot of sense because, like, I could do toes to bars for days and like L sits mm-hmm. for like a and a half, but whenever my programming calls for like a 150 pound sandbag carry, like, mm-hmm. after like 50 or 60 meters, I'm just sucking wind. I'm like, I can't breathe, but that makes a lot of sense. I'm like, all right, if I brace and take shallower breaths, I'll be all right. Uh-huh. Just mm-hmm. And pressing it on my diaphragm, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah, it. It's, it's something else. We, uh, one of the, we, one of the workouts we did, like we do an event every Saturday along with a couple of strength elements is, is what my programming is like. And, um, one of them were these keg carries that went around our building. So it'd go out, go out one garage door, go around the building and back in the other garage door. And, the, and I went, I usually work out with them like during the event stuff. Cause it's usually just a couple people at a time or something. And so the first group went and I was like, man, it's killing them. Like, and it took them, way longer than i thought it was supposed to take um having programmed this and then i did it and i was like this sucks this is <laughs> this keg carry is the worst thing i have ever thought up in my entire life it was brutal <laughs> brutal oh yeah yeah well
1: I mean, if anybody's asking thinking- if anybody's done our events and they they've been like oh this programming sucks we know we've tested most of the workouts yeah. <laughs> so we know we know it's uh yeah but dude it's crazy how some of those like they just sneak uh-huh. up sneaky pete Where you're like oh I'm paper, 800 meter pharma carry that can't be that
0: bad can't close your hands after 300 meters you're just yeah. like nope this is not i gotta scale this <laughs> down because yeah yeah it's a fun time i, I like that you guys are uh connected with street parking too for this thing you're doing right now like um they they do some really cool creative programming um i yeah, like i like what they come up with yeah
1: they're, they're they're great they're they're great people man just from a yeah. from a working with them point of view and just the stuff they do and they mm. their community again dude like i fell in love with the crossfit community the street parking community is is amazing and i, I can't be more thankful for everybody that's every day every time we do something every time i open my email every time i make a post the community aspect and how everybody rallies around it it's Mm -hmm. it's absolutely remarkable like even on the morning like the morning that we're doing this podcast i posted something and it already got shared like 30 something times in like an hour and a half like
0: yeah that's cool
1: i never thought in a million years and i was like oh yeah let's do a crossfit event and raise some money for a local shelter that it would have exploded into this thing um (laughs) Uh, I'll take it, and I'm I'm extremely thankful for everybody that we've met along the way because we've met some really awesome people and made some great friends. I mean,
0: absolutely mm-hmm. like long friends doing this.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. I just want to lift weights and play with dogs. Well, that's so,
2: what we're that we want to do. Yeah. <laughs> that's
0: that's kind of why we need to do this again soon. <laughs>
1: for sure. We're not bringing our dogs though because one of them travels like egg salad. She. uh, doesn't travel well. She whines the whole time. Uh, and the other one, he gave himself happy tail because he was wagging his tail so He's much. He's so
2: people.
1: excited. <laughs> yeah. She so um, yeah. But yeah, the other one, I had to sleep in the living room with my hand in her crate because she wouldn't stop whining because we were in a new place.
0: Oh. <laughs>
3: Sensitive self. She is a
0: social <laughs> whining. Yeah. That's her. Well, all right, guys. Anything else uh, we can look forward to?
1: uh yeah. we have some partnerships in the works um yeah. some of them are on way so if you're looking for a new lifting belt or a usaw uh legal belt head on over to pood we have two different belts our barbels for boys belts and the underdog fun belts we're also working with highly one of these shirts is uh from highly who else do we have we're working with Anna on some cool stuff so stay tuned for that um, and then in addition, if you guys are listening and you want to host an event or get involved in any way, shoot us an email at host at barbellsforbullies.org, go to our website. If you have any ideas, we're all ears and we are exceptionally collaborative. And like I said, we're very thankful for the community and for the honor and the opportunity uh, to you, man, for being
0: the 100th episode of the podcast. Yeah, Thanks. pretty excited about that. Yeah. So you, what, what socials are you guys on? You're on the, the gram and what else?
1: yeah the grand facebook at barbells for bullies on both um we have a youtube channel but like it's only for like our promo videos and stuff like that once we have a little bit once this kind of settles down we're going to start putting up like i said that content for safe animal interactions or or best practices and talking about things like that because we want everybody to be safe and we want you know people and pups alike to live
0: long healthy happy lives yeah me too me too well all right well i appreciate you guys um carving out some time for me and uh i look forward to getting something on the calendar with you guys real soon okay appreciate that all right thank you thanks for being on here we'll talk to you later hey thanks for listening to the barbell voodoo podcast on your way out please take time to subscribe if you haven't already leave us a five-star review if you've liked what you've heard and also leave us a comment let us know what's going on with you if you don't mind stop on instagram give us a little like on the ig at barbell voodoo podcast also you can find me there at fitby40.blog thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time